Our ongoing battle against COVID-19 continues, and the pandemic is very much still with us on virtually every continent. Let's talk more about the situation, recent updates, and our response, right here on another special episode of The Nurse Keith Show, recorded on April 7th, 2020. Hello and welcome to The Nurse Keith Show. I'm privileged to have the opportunity to use this platform to educate and inform you, the Nurse Keith Nation, so that you can take any information you find useful and share it with those you care about and work with. I'm committed to regularly publishing episodes related solely to the COVID-19 pandemic. These episodes will always be free of corporate sponsorship and advertising of my business. This is solely about education and information as a public service. So please share far and wide if you feel these episodes are a valuable approach to the virus. And remember, the show notes for this episode can be found at nursekeith.com forward slash covid dash 19 dash seven. Now, all information in these episodes about COVID-19 reference the most up-to-date information I can access, as well as personal opinions and reactions from yours truly and any of my guests. Please note that the situation is changing by the moment, and any information shared in the course of these episodes may not apply once that data has been updated, expanded upon, or contradicted by the ongoing collection of evidence-based scientific and medical information and discovery. Please also note that nothing shared in the course of any Nurse Keith Coaching COVID-19 podcast is intended for diagnosis or treatment. Please consult your healthcare provider, the CDC, the WHO, your local health department, or any other evidence-based resource you trust. And if you hear or read something I've shared that appears to be erroneous, please leave an email for me at keith at nursekeith.com with any evidence or data that you can share so that I can then learn and post a public correction. Thanks for understanding. Stay safe and keep informed. Now, there's a lot going on today, and I'm going to run just through a few things that have caught my attention. So just bear with me and indulge me. So the first thing is that in speaking with some folks in the scientific and medical community and reading and studying and just trying to figure out what the heck is going on, there's a lot of not misinformation, but misunderstanding on my part as well, mind you, about what the virus is named and what the disease is named. And I found a great page on the WHO website. It's a long URL, so I will have it in the show notes. And this webpage says, viruses and the diseases they cause often have different names. For example, HIV is the virus that causes AIDS. People often know the name of a disease, but not the name of the virus that causes it. There are different processes and purposes for naming viruses and diseases, and it goes on to talk about viruses being named based on their genetic structure to facilitate the development of diagnostic tests, vaccines, and medicines, and virologists in the wider scientific community do this work. So viruses are named by the International Committee on Taxonomy of Viruses, the ICTV. Now, diseases are named to enable discussion on disease prevention, spread, transmissibility, severity, treatment, and human disease preparedness and response is the WHO's role. So diseases are officially named by the WHO in the International Classification of Diseases, also known as the ICD. Now, the ICTV, the International Committee on Taxonomy of Viruses, bear with me here, announced Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus 2, 
that is SARS-CoV-2, as the name of this new virus on the 11th of February 2020. The name was chosen because the virus is genetically related to the coronavirus responsible for the SARS outbreak of 2003. So while related, the two viruses is different. Thus, I think they named it SARS-CoV-2. The WHO announced COVID-19 as the name of the new disease on 11th of February 2020, following guidelines previously developed with the World Organization for Animal Health, OIE, and the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations. Oh my gosh. So understanding the difference between the name of a virus and the name of a disease, I guess HIV and AIDS is the simplest way we can look at it. We all know HIV is human immunodeficiency virus, and AIDS is the disease or disease complex it causes. So I had no idea personally, and maybe you did, I'm not sure, you can tell me, that there were so many different committees and organizations involved in the classification of diseases and viruses and giving them their names. So the true name of the virus is SARS, that's capital SARS, dash capital C, little O, capital V, dash two, SARS-CoV-2. And the name of the actual disease named by the WHO is COVID-19. So whew, glad to clear that up. I hope it's clearer than mud and my brain is still swimming from trying to uh, take this in. In other news, just last week, the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Infection, finally came to advise all Americans, even people who appear to be healthy like myself at the moment, to cover their face with a mask or scarf when they leave home to help slow the spread of the coronavirus in the U.S. So wearing the mask isn't necessarily going to protect you from getting the virus, but it can remind you not to touch your face. So it actually is a good physical reminder to not touch your face. And if you're wearing glasses like myself, that also keeps you hopefully from touching your eyes. So if your nose and mouth are covered and you're wearing glasses, hey, you could even go out and buy glasses that are have no magnification at all just to cover your eyes and keep you from touching them or wear sunglasses. Unfortunately, the president at that afternoon news conference he stressed that the recommendation to wear masks was voluntary and he said he was choosing not to do it quote unquote. So we are having problems with masks. There is a, there's a demand that is far outstripped by the supply and there are profiteers out there. They've even found, I think an apartment in New York or somewhere where a guy had um, bought up tons and tons of masks and someone else had bought up tons of hand sanitizer and some hand sanitizers being sold for $70 a bottle on eBay or Amazon. And there's a lot of price gouging and not such nice things, very uncommunitarian things happening out there. So, you know, in the New York Times, I found an article that said federal authorities seized a stockpile. Oh, here it is from a man in Brooklyn that included 320,000 masks. They didn't say if they were N95s, but still, this gentleman had put in his apartment in Brooklyn over 300,000 masks and I guess was trying to sell them at extortionate prices. Shame on him. Now, in other news, people out there, civilians are making masks for their local hospitals, for their clinics that they love and care about, even for people in 
food service and grocery stores at my local co-op, the Montanita Co-op on West Alameda Street here in Santa Fe. I noticed some of the cashiers wearing beautiful masks with beautiful patterns on them, very tight around the face with great elastic, very almost airtight. And they said that a very loving, caring, compassionate customer had sewn them for them and delivered all of the masks to the co-op to make sure that the workers stay as safe as possible. Now that is really wonderful. That is true communitarianism. And I applaud people who are doing things like that. And I applaud those of you who are, say, helping the elderly woman across the street get her mail safely, of course, or filling her med box for her safely, of course, or whatever it is you happen to be doing for your neighbors. Every little act counts. When I go to Trader Joe's or the co-op or Whole Foods or another store, Anyone I see who working, who's working there, I say, thank you for your service. What you are doing is just as important as a nurse in a hospital. It's just different. You are helping us keep fed. Thank you for stocking the shelves. Thank you for taking my money. Thank you for checking me out and bagging my groceries because you are doing a service. Now, today in the New York Times, April 7th, 2020, They said, after weeks of unrelentingly bleak news, a few encouraging signs have begun to emerge in recent days, suggesting that the spread of the virus is beginning to slow in at least some parts of Asia and Europe that have adopted strict social distancing measures. The Wuhan area, well, the Chinese city where the virus first appeared, they lifted their lockdown and there have been no new deaths from the virus for the first time since January. But we're not exactly sure if those reports are 100% accurate or not. Now, in Italy and Spain, there are some hopeful signs that the rate of new infections is slowing, and we are trying to see if our social distancing efforts here in the United States can also reverse some of the dire projections that have been made. However, we need to also remain vigilant New York, one of the hardest hit states, and then New York City, one of the hardest hit cities in the in the United States up until today at least, reported that another 731 people had died from the virus in a single day, just this past weekend, I believe. So New York is still hard hit. It is all hands on deck there. And Governor Andrew Cuomo over New York said that while the state's new death toll is upsetting, He's encouraged that the rate of hospitalizations had fallen for several days, and maybe the spread of the virus is plateauing, but he doesn't want people to become complacent or ease up on social distancing because it seems to be working. Now, reports I've read and heard about other states like Idaho and other places, perhaps Mississippi as well, I heard reports of, don't quote me on this, but that there are people rabble-rousing saying they're actually going to meet in large groups for Easter services. Some folks out in Idaho, I believe it's Mr. Bundy who led one of the um, armed rebellions against the government taking over a wildlife preserve or something back a number of years ago. He is encouraging people to potentially, I think, take up arms. And there are some scary things happening, but like I said, some wonderful things happening too. So we have to stay abreast of everything that's going on because this is a mutable organic changing process, and it is pretty darn hard to keep up. Now, the surge is still happening in New York City. 
there's redeployment of neurosurgeons and cardiologists and dermatology and plastic surgery residents. They're being pulled from their regular service into ICUs and ERs. One hospital in New York apparently has told their physicians either help with the coronavirus situation or just stay home without pay. And we need to make sure we keep an eye on New York and New Orleans and all the other places where the numbers are going up and see how we can support those efforts. In an op-ed in the New York Times, Mayor Bill de Blasio of New York City called for a national draft of doctors and medical workers to help places that are hardest hit, including New York City. And we now know that the USNS Comfort, a Navy hospital ship, arrived in New York and the 1,000 beds we hope are going to be used because I believe the bureaucratic issues, the red tape that was keeping those beds from being used may have been cut this weekend. So let's hope that those Navy ships off the East and West coasts can do their job and take on the patients that they need to. Now, economically, we all know things are falling apart and We have more people applying every day for unemployment in this country than ever before in history. I believe one day it was upwards of 10 million or more people applying for unemployment. And my understanding, and one of my friends is now receiving this, is that you can get your normal state unemployment benefits for however many weeks, I think 26, and the federal government is kicking in $600 a week for each person getting unemployment to bolster the unemployment payments. They somehow calculated in Congress the average amount that the American the average American worker would need to make ends meet on top of their unemployment. And they came to $600 a week extra from the feds. So hopefully some of you, if you are unemployed or people you know are unemployed, are starting to get that money in your bank accounts. And something else I found in the New York Times is that The toilet paper shortage isn't just about hoarding. It's that a lot of places are on lockdown, of course. Businesses, restaurants, office buildings, theaters, restaurants, etc. So most people are using their bathrooms exclusively at home rather than at work, schools, and other places. So home use of toilet paper and toilet products and, and other things we need at home, like soap and hand sanitizer, are skyrocketing because we are all home. There's some other data. I'll have a link in the show notes that COVID-19 hits women and men differently. It's not conclusive, but it seems that more men are dying from the virus. But at this point, the United States is not keeping track of that particular data. And there's more information about the coronavirus genome that is being looked at more deeply. And there's some good news out of Brooklyn Aside from the guy, the bad news of the guy who was hoarding tens or hundreds of thousands of masks, a Brooklyn landlord canceled April rent for 80 apartments that he owns to help alleviate stress for his tenants. So that's pretty awesome. So again, there's some great stuff happening, some not so great stuff happening, and we need to make sure we keep our eyes on the prize and not just focus on the bad stuff. I just received some interesting news from the executive director of the New Mexico Nurses Association, of which I am a board member. The WHO has released its State of the World's Nursing 2020. Now, it's interesting that they've taken the time to do this, but it makes sense because this is the WHO 
year of the nurse and midwife. And while our celebrations are changing a little bit because it's hard to celebrate when we're all social distancing and a lot of nurses are on the front lines risking their lives at this very moment, but the WHO in conjunction with the International Council of Nurses and Nursing Now issued the State of the World's Nursing 2020. It's a seminal report released as part of the year of the nurse and midwife and reflecting data submitted by over 191 countries on the nursing workforce. So lots of data here. They say that nursing accounts for 59% of the worldwide health professional workforce. Hooray for us. There are 27.9 million nursing personnel, 19.3 million, 69% are professional nurses, 6 million, 22% are associate professional nurses, and 2.6 million are not classified. I'm assuming maybe those are LVNs, LPNs, CNAs, I'm not sure. And over 80% of the world's nurses are found in countries that account for half of the world's population. And in 2018, they released data that the shortage of nurses worldwide was 5.9 million. And 5.3 million of that shortage is in low and middle income countries. So there's some stuff going on here that we need to look at. And the report urges governments to invest in the massive acceleration of nursing education. They want to look at countries affected by shortages and increasing funding to educate and employ at least 5.9 million additional nurses, address the shortage of nurses through many different initiatives, create at least 6 million new nursing jobs by 2030, improve nurse mobility and migration, have policymakers, employers, and regulators coordinate actions in support of decent workplaces, and deliberately plan for gender-sensitive nursing workforce policies and strengthen nurse leadership. So there's a lot in this WHO report on nursing in 2020, and I will have a link and some of the data in the show notes at nursekeith.com forward slash COVID-19-7. Now, here's a couple other pieces of good news that you might find interesting that you'll want to check out and share. The Academy of Medical Surgical Nurses launched a new online tool to help nurses match emergency healthcare staff with COVID roles. And this was a press release released on April 6th, 2020, just yesterday. And it is an unprecedented time for administrators and human resources, said Terry Hinckley, the AMSN CEO. And they're looking to see how they can help with staffing issues that are happening in the press of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, amsnstaffingtoolkit.org is where you can find the workforce planning and assignment tool. Users will be asked to complete and submit a form, and then you receive a link instructing you how to proceed. And institutions are then instructed to make decisions that align with their own internal policies and procedures. So please check that out. It is amsnstaffingtoolkit.org. Please pass that on to your administrators, or if you're a staffing nurse or you are a hiring manager or CEO, CNO, COO, please utilize this, check it out, and then pass it on. Now, one other good piece of news is that Incredible Health, my friends at Incredible Health, they are a 
nursing workforce solution company, they have launched a first-of-its-kind continuing education course for all nurses in the U.S., and they're giving away $240 million worth of continuing ed courses in their mission to solve the nation's nursing shortage. So it says, Incredible Health, the leading healthcare hiring platform in the U.S., is announcing a first-of-its-kind free online continuing ed program available to all nurses in the United States. Their hiring service is free to nurses, and they're trying to solve this pain point by helping nurses get their credentialed CEUs, and they were all ANCC accredited. So that is pretty wonderful. They are reaching out to the 4.8 million licensed registered nurses in the U.S. and trying to help them fulfill their CEU requirements with low-cost or actually free CEU. So I will have a link to that as well in the show notes from Incredible Health, my friends there who are doing great work in terms of staffing and helping nurses get what they need to be able to, even in the midst of a pandemic, get the CEUs they need to renew their licenses. So folks, there is so much going on right now. It is really hard to keep up. There are some great podcasts out there. I've mentioned them on the show before, and I'm going to mention them to you again and add a couple more that I recommend that you check out. This is evidence-based stuff and would be really helpful for you as a healthcare provider and a citizen to understand what's going on. One is America Dissected Coronavirus. This is from our friends at Crooked Media at crooked.com. They are a small, left-wing, progressive, powerhouse media outlet who bring you Pod Save the World, Pod Save America, and many other great podcasts. Now, America Dissected is hosted by Dr. Abdul El-Sayed, a physician and former city health commissioner who's going to keep you updated on what you need to know about COVID-19, what led to the crisis, and what policies can lead us out of it. It comes out on Tuesdays and Fridays. I still also recommend Clinical Problem Solvers, who it's an internal medicine podcast, and there's some great stuff on there. Not everything is COVID-19, but if you still need to learn stuff, it's a great place just to learn stuff that you need for your clinical practice and the development of your critical thinking. The other I recommend is the Curb Ciders Internal Medicine Podcast. And again, not everything is COVID-19, but it is great stuff for learning and you can get a lot out of that. I also recommend Dr. Sanjay Gupta's podcast. He is the celebrity doctor on CNN. He does a pretty good job most of the time and it is Coronavirus Fact versus Fiction Really awesome podcast. I highly recommend it. And of course, you can listen to the Nurse Keith Show, but those are the evidence-based podcasts I've been following. There are a lot more, of course. However, these are the ones that I recommend at this moment for some good information. Now, please try to stay updated. Try to stay calm. There is so much going on. We can't do everything. We can't be everything, even though nurses feel like they should be. And we just have to take care of ourselves as we continue through this devastating, chaotic, disruptive, and confusing pandemic. 
So thanks for listening to the special COVID-19 bonus episode of the Nurse Keith Show. And remember, the show notes are going to be at nursekeith.com forward slash COVID-19-7. I hope you feel uplifted, empowered, and informed from this episode. And I encourage you to take inspired action every day to educate, inform, and calm your friends, family, loved ones, colleagues, and members of your communities. The Nurse Keith Show is adroitly produced by Rob Johnston of 520R Podcasting, who is producing these episodes free of charge to me as a public service to you, the Nurse Keith Nation, and those who want to share this information as far and wide as they care to. I also want to thank Mark Cappiespeason, our stalwart social media ringmaster, who is helping me spread the word by keeping you informed via our many online platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and of course, nursekeith.com. Stay safe, stay informed, and be the nurse who does the right thing in the face of COVID-19. This is Nurse Keith once again saying adios till next time from beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico. Be well.